Blog Talk Radio. Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network. This has been a bang-up week. Um, We, of course, got recognized on a current affair over in Australia for our work over there with people being affected by these guardianships and conservatorships, and things have just been blown up since then. We are going to be covering tonight topics totally unrelated to that, but just as important First off on our, our agenda, and of course, co-hosting with me tonight is John LaCron. John, say hello. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. You didn't and, catch uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> All right. Good thing uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the fires that are affecting uh, the West Coast and other places. One of the things that happened when these fires started, it, you know, and they've been going on for years, and I do believe they are set. Um, I think this is a burn-off of what could be refuge and shelter, uh, forcing people on the fringe, or, you know, they're living a rural lifestyle into cities, um, because if your house or cabin burns down out in those forests, you are not allowed to rebuild, but when this first happened last year, you know, you, you think about the Palisades fire and people were that I know many people out there were sending me pictures. I'm already look at this. Look at this. Look what these fires did. And I'm looking at these pictures and, you know, we tend to see what we want to see. So I wrote them back and said, what do you see when you see these pictures? Well, look at what these fires did. And I said, was what kind of fire was? Well, it was a forest fire. My response was, then please explain to me why all the trees are standing, the leaves are still on them, the grass is still green, but the houses are incinerated into their foundations, the cars are twisted, messes of metal and glass, rubber, but the trees are still there. How could this be a forest fire? What kind of forest fire does that? Well, 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 what? Uh, well, I didn't notice that. I said most people won't. And But many of these pictures have circulated the net, and people are saying, wait a minute, this couldn't have been a forest fire. We're talking about a pulse weapon. Um, PG&E was sued over this, and they had fired off a pulse weapon, and they got sued for $40 billion, and now they're trying to make them a public utility instead of privately owned. Uh, people said, "Oh, that's just you know, that's just that that's just conspiracy theory stuff." Here, uh, some years back, I published an article in a research I had done on a document that came from the Air Force, and it was called "Owning the Weather 2025: Weather as a Force Multiplier." And this document goes on to tell about how they can now, with HARP, 
this array of antennas up there in Alaska, and we have 14 floating harp stations in the northern hemisphere. These are used to change weather. There, with global warming is the front to cover up what they are artificially doing to our weather. And they claimed in the document and in front of a subsequent testimony in front of the Senate that they had to get on this and get it refined because Russia was way ahead of us on altering weather. They talk about how they can cause uh, famine, they can cause drought, flooding, severe cold, severe heat. They can do whatever they want. I want you to think about Katrina, 2005. That was a tropical storm that was being tracked headed southeast out of the Gulf of Mexico. A huge pulse sent, hit St. Louis, Missouri, and it radiated out. That storm, they tracked this, stopped dead in its tracks, literally, picked up rotation speed, turned, and went straight for Katrina. This was not an accident or coincidental. A few years later, China, an 8.3 earthquake, or 8.2, I think it was. That afternoon, people in China are using their phones to film what looks like the aurora borealis in their sky, and it's the middle of the day there. They got hit with this earthquake. It turns out it was a harp attack, and they were going to come after us. France intervened on our part, and we have been, if you wonder why things are the way they are with China, we have been paying them reparations of all kinds ever since then, and we owe France also for acting as a negotiator, arbitrator there. We did the same thing in Haiti. They were going to open up all those offshore accounts. The king of Haiti finally said, yeah, go ahead and open it up, let him see who all's got and an earthquake hit them that night and just, bang, ran right under the king's palace and under the banks that held all these files. And everything was just gone. Too bad. Now, how many things like that have to happen before you realize this is not incidental? This is not a coincidence. This wasn't an accident. And we're seeing this going on all over the place. These fires I think there are many, many things behind them that we need to think about, why they are doing it, uh, why they are not stopping those fires. It's something to think about. Uh, As John pointed out in the promotion, we're talking about air quality, crop production, destroying millions of acres of land, homes, businesses, wildlife, and natural resources. How do you have that happen? I keep going back to that gentleman that was on my show here last year, Tom Burrell, who said, Marty, think about it. The government will give you food stamps, but they won't teach you how to grow your own food. (laughs) And I think this is very pertinent to what we're going to be talking about tonight, because in addition to all of this craziness happening with weather and fires and everything else, there is a concerted effort by the government to stop you from growing your own food. The, the the big thing now is you might give somebody COVID if you you know gave them vegetables, you know, and if COVID existed, I guess that'd be a possibility. But there's there's too much happening here, people. There's too much happening. This is too much at one time. This is not an accident. It is not a natural occurrence. This is being caused to happen. That's my opinion, and I'm speaking for me there. Um. 
that none of this is accidental. You might have freak nature once in a while, but not day after day after day and month after month after month. And you you need to pay attention because your very life is going to depend on how well you understand the situation, what you've done to prepare yourself to survive, what may be coming. So think about that. With that, I'm going to turn this over to John, um, and he's going to start out talking about the fires on the West Coast, and we'll move on from there. So, John, go ahead and speak it up. Well, Marty, once again, another spectacular intro. You know, I want to touch a couple quick points that uh, kind of also on the same line that uh, because you mentioned all of what you did, it came to my mind. Yeah, Pacific Gas and Electric, folks, is <laughs> – you don't get sued unless there's some validity in the lawsuit, okay? That's all I can say because there's all these laws that say, hey, if you're going to turn around and sue somebody for all this money and uh, there's problems there and it's a frivolous lawsuit, well, they can turn around and sue you. And let's just say they will bankrupt people. So P, you know, PG and E, they were most certainly guilty. Okay, um, weather warfare. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been weather warfare for decades, decades. In fact, it's going so far back. They were admitting to weather warfare back in the Vietnam era, admitting to it in the Vietnam era, 65, 68, okay? They only had an opportunity to make it even better in the last 50, 60 years, okay? But even going back beyond that, you had Tesla playing around. And Tesla created a few interesting situations, if I remember correctly. One of those situations, correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, was uh, he caused an earthquake. Am I correct on that? I'm pretty yes. sure I am. Yep. yep. Anyway, um, yeah, folks, this harp thing, the Russians have one, the Chinese have one, and we've had one for years. And when we talk about uh, incidents where uh, – Oh, how coincidental that uh, certain locations get damaged or destroyed. Um, I'd like to point out that Fukushima has a really big signature that would, again, imply that uh, HARP was used to cause the problem that created the problem we now know as Fukushima, which, again, ladies and gentlemen, has been throwing all of this radiation into the ocean and around that entire planet now at this stage all this time later decades later folks this is war this is war and I can't make it any clearer than that okay you all think that war is just tanks and helicopters and flying bullets and men and women in uniform and armies marching no this is a brand new warfare Okay, and it was, again, written about in the 70s or the 80s, okay? They got really tired of World War II crap and all that was wars, Vietnam era. So they figured out new ways of having wars. You have the wars, but uh, you don't make it obvious that it's a real war. Well, Marty and I have been sitting here telling you that this is a real war for a reason. Okay, you're still getting all the death, you're still getting all the destruction, you're still getting the destruction of uh, privately uh, resources, the whole nine yards. And as with all other wars, it's all for profit. But again, you know, conspiracy theorists and all that we are. Um, 9-11, same story. Why? Well, they targeted several buildings. 
We know for a fact that uh, one of the buildings that they targeted specifically had information dealing with several investigations, okay, and it magically yep. went up in dust, as did, uh, you know, they called this place the World Trade Center for a reason. The World Trade Center for a reason. And the big picture, again, they are hiding the truth. They don't want information to get out. And when there's a threat that there's going to be a problem or default, then this is the game that they play. And again, for those of you that have been listening to me for a while, you know that I've been calling this hoax a hoax pretty much the whole time. And I've also been pointing out that it's because it's they needed the hoax as cover for the global economic reset. The global economic reset is not conspiracy theory, okay? It's fact. It's openly talked about. You can go to the World Economic Forum and watch the video that they talk about. The f- truth is out there. The truth is out there. But you have to actually want to know what it is and do the research or at least listen to shows like Marty's here to get so this is critical knowledge, folks. Like we've said before, when you hear what we're talking about, we're doing more than just passing on little tidbits of information to you. We are trying to save your life. We're trying to show you a much larger picture, a much larger picture, to look outside the very narrow perspective. You know the old concept, you can't see the forest for the trees? Well, we're trying to show you the whole stupid forest. And believe you me, they're burning it to the ground as we speak. Okay, going on. The fires in question were not taking into consideration the toxic air quality that all of that smoke is causing. Now, believe me when I say this, this is a very wonderful excuse to now be able to say, hey, see all these people with uh, breathing issues? Uh, that was COVID. No, that was smoke inhalation, dumbass. But again, this will be one of the arguments they <laughs> thank use you. when there's a massive spike. Go ahead, Monty. No, I was just saying thank you because I've tried to address this, John, and people go, oh, no, the smoke isn't out here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But go ahead. Well, my word. I mean, you're looking at areas where you've got all this, I don't know what you got. Or I'm told it's kind of orange out there. I haven't actually viewed it because I'm over here in Tennessee. We haven't been burned down yet. Okay. Um, I suspect when they take out Tennessee, it's going to be because they uh, took out the uh, um, fault line that's been here that they've been threatening to take out for millennia. We've been hearing about it the entire time I've been here in Tennessee. You know, we live on this major fault yep. line. But, um, again, they have the power to do all this kind of stuff. But... The other thing, I want you to think about this also, folks. And again, I'm pointing this out. Marty was talking about the crops that have been affected, yes. But here's a way that they've been affected that you may not realize. When you're dealing with you've got all this smoke and you've got all this toxicity that's in the air, that's going to affect the crops that are growing also. They're not going to get as much sunlight. And, you know, you got to pull it in off of the doggone uh, fields early because, again, the toxicity of the smoke and everything else that's coming their way, all of this is playing a part in the food supply. And, Marty and I have already covered this food supply war against you. 
This is a war. And when you think about it, I mean, honestly think about it. The family farm is, for all practical purposes, gone. The only thing that's left out there, for the most part, are these corporate farms. Yes, there's still a few smaller family farms that are out there struggling along as best as they can, but for the most part, they've been hung out to dry. Now, they'll be in a very strong position when this food shortage hits, and it's a lot more obvious, but nevertheless, a majority of them are already suffering because of the games that have been played, the control that has been literally the stranglehold that has been put on these businesses, okay? Where they've had to grow crops and then plow them under, I promise you that's not healthy for the finances of any kind of a farm. Having their crops rot out in the field because they can't find anybody to go pick them, that's a problem. Having them rot in the field because, yes, there's people that are ready to pick them, but you've got some state governor coming in and saying, oh, no, you can't pick them. One of you guys tested positive for COVID. Can't trust that. This is a war. Now, the fires, we've had fires out in that neck of the woods for, you know, decades. And you've heard all kinds of people talk about it over the years. One of the points that is regularly made was, well, why don't you go in there and just clear out these fire breaks? That way there's nothing there that acts as kindling so you can stop these fires at certain points. Because once the kindling is gone, anything that's burnable, well, hey, the fire stops. <laughs> Amazing, right? Oh, we can't do that because the spotted owl or this bird over here or that roach over there, you know, it might get impacts the environment. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you noticed, uh, but having your entire environment burnt out doesn't do as much good either. And again, it's this psychological warfare and BS excuses that these people use that don't hold a single drop of water. Not one valid point to point to to justify the prevention of doing some simple preventative work so that this crap doesn't happen. But again, conspiracy theory, y'all. We're just crazy people over here. You've had homes destroyed, businesses destroyed, woods destroyed. And remember, where do we get the lumber that builds houses and stuff like that? Oh, that's right. That comes from the woods. We can't. Well, who's going to benefit from all this? I don't know. Anybody that uh, has uh, large quantities of uh, leased land will do fairly well. And I'm sure there's a lot of corporations that are just busy, all excited. You know, I watched a video about a month ago. There was a gentleman that was uh, putting up uh, um, garages. And at the end of every video, he talks about what his cost basis was. And when he got to the end of this last video, which was the only one I had watched of his shows, he talks about this is what it cost him. It cost him like $20,000 to create the thing. He says, but I always buy supplies for the next few um, things that I'm going to be building, he says. And I just got off the phone, and they told me the new prices. 
He says, my prices are going to skyrocket, he says. And all he's doing is passing on the costs. Two-by-fours, it used to be a couple dollars, are now almost doubled. And that was before all these fires. Okay? Price of uh, plywood through the roof. And again, where does the plywood come from? Chopped wood. Folks, this is going to have, again, repercussions that people simply do not recognize that are coming down the pike that cannot be changed on a dime. You can't do it. Now, let me explain John? a little bit about... Go ahead. Yeah, um, as far as uh, like lumber and things like that, in Minnesota, where I lived before now, um, the timber line was about 65 miles north of me, and it ran east to west across the state and then all the way up to Boundary Waters, Canada. And it was called the Big Wood, and it was one of the most glorious sights you would ever want to see in the fall, the leaves changing colors and everything else. About seven years ago, DNR started clear-cutting the big woods to the ground and in huge miles-long swaths. And I called the DNR and asked them, why? Why are you doing this? And the man said, he said oh, it's to help regenerate wildlife and, you know, and, and especially small game. I said, so taking down the canopy, removing all the trees, all the forage, all the shelter, how does this help small game and wildlife? He hung up on me. I find out later that they are taking all of that that they're cutting down and they're taking the whole damn thing is being rough cut, hauled over to the harbor in Duluth, put on these huge ships and sent to China. And then China mills that and sells us back our lumber. Now think that one or but they are taking down the big woods. Um, this they claimed that one of the reasons was that a lot of the trees that were there weren't indigenous to that area. They had gotten in there one way or another, and they needed to get them. They've been there for decades and decades and centuries in many cases. Th- these excuses they come up with are so flimsy. And on the West Coast, they're burning these woods down. And here in the mid-United States, they're simply clear-cutting them and shipping out the rough-cut logs. And um, these are our state assets that they're doing this to uh, on many levels, not only economically, but the environment. And um, people are screaming bloody murder. They're still cutting every day. And I mean to the ground. So there's something else. You're absolutely right. There's something else working here that they aren't talking about. Go ahead. Well, Marty, um, again, clear-cutting, really? Because even what's supposed to happen is, yeah, you go in and if you're clearing out some trees, you might take down maybe 30%, 50%, maybe as much as 70 or 80%, but you don't, don't take down the whole thing, not at all. Right. And when you sit there and, when you sit there and you talk about, uh, you know, how beautiful it is in the fall, okay? I grew up in Michigan. I know what it looks like in the fall. Again, Michigan, that was part of its tourism industry was the turning of the leaf. So I get all that. Yes. Um, yes. Let me throw something out here, folks. I need you to get something through your head. All right. 
you know, Molly and I have told you the United States is a corporation. It's not a country. We've told you that the bankers have been in control of this country since forever. And this has not changed at all. Now, there are those of us that are fairly suspicious that big swaths of America have been given to the Chinese. Given to the Chinese. Because of all the money we quote-unquote borrowed in exchange for all those wonderful trinkets we got from China. It's a great deal for the Chinese. Send us little bullshit trinkets, they get land. Huh. And folks, this is not conspiracy theory again. This is conspiracy fact. Do some research. Just a little bit of research. Okay? You can sit there and you look at the uh, big issue with the Bundys. Well, that was over land that they've been grazing on for years. It was, by all def- definition, their property for all practical purposes. But let's just say for a minute that it's not. Okay, let's just give it the benefit of the doubt and say for the benefit of the uh, quote-unquote corporation masquerading as government that they had the right to control it. Okay. Then why were they busy having conversations with the Chinese about turning that land over to the Chinese? Oh, God. Wake (laughs) up, people. Wake up. Please. John, you know that with Iraq, um, we were so far in debt, and this is during Bush the doofus, you know, terms. And they, right before they decided they were going to attack Iraq, or I should say the date they were going to, they GPSed every square inch of this country. And they claimed that the reason they did it was to make sure people in rural services were being adequately served by the U.S. mail. What? Okay. The reason they did this. Because we owe so much money, our country is so far in debt, it can never be repaid. It never, never, never will be repaid. We have to go to the IMF World Bank to borrow money. The only thing they will accept from anyone as collateral is land. No one would loan us a dime, not even China, because we're so far in debt. So Condoleezza Rice was sent to China, and she hypothecated our national forests, scenic waterways, national parks, and prime agricultural land that was owned by private individuals as collateral on the money we borrowed from China. Right behind that, China established a free trade zone. We had the last I knew 26 of them across the country. These are sovereign foreign territories, and they have their own um Manufacturing, housing, shipping, transportation, whatever you want is inside that free trade zone, and they do not pay any labor or product taxes until it is shipped out. Once it goes outside the zone, then it can be taxed, but at a lower rate than what uh, domestically produced products are paying. Here, about five years ago, due to this arrangement made, Idaho was forced to give China, I believe it was a 50-square-mile parcel of land to build a Chinese city. 
which is under construction even as we speak. If you travel around the country, go to St. Louis, Missouri, big terminal there, and over the top of it is a big thing like you see on ranches where they got the big name of the ranch over the top in an arch. says Sovereign Mexican Territory. This is what they're doing to us. They are taking us apart, parceling us out, trading us away. They When they hypothecate, what they do is take your assets. When the president talks about the full faith and credit of the people of the United States, he's talking about your labor, your goods, your land. He put up all your stuff to get what he wanted. That's what he's talking about. And they will take you right off your land if China decides they want it. They will take you right off your land and don't think that they won't. But this is what they did, and, and especially in that deal, prime agricultural land in the Midwest was first and foremost what China was interested in. So guess who's going to lose their farm? But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in there. No, Marty, I love it when you do that. No, I know all about that. And, again, yeah. I appreciate having a co-host or a host that uh, knows the deal because it makes the show all the more informative because you're talking about things that were not in my notes to be talked about tonight. But it just it molds in so beautifully. It really does. And uh, while we're on there, there was one point I wanted to make a few minutes ago when you were talking about uh, the farming also. Now, seeds from China, some – was busy shipping out some seeds into all these properties uh, here in America, and they turned around and said, well, these seeds might be dangerous, so now we're going to start controlling the spread of seeds, and uh, no foreign seeds can be inputted into America anymore. Well, again, folks, this is, again, a way of controlling people's ability to feed themselves and get things. Um, and when you're sitting there talking about GPS, well, you know, I mentioned uh, 10 years ago when uh, they were coming through and doing the quote-unquote last census, the big one. What were they doing? They had somebody sitting at the front door, and they had their GPS machine, and they were just saying, here's this address, and here's the front door to that. And, gee, what have we seen in the last 10 years? Well, like you already mentioned a few minutes ago, the trees are just fine, the grass is just fine, but it seems that the house isn't there anymore. And, you know, those cars, and I've watched a few cars burns in my day, Marty. I've watched a few. They don't burn the way that I've seen in the pictures and these really strange right. fires. Very yes. different. Very different. And, uh, folks, there was, a, again, a lot of years ago, a video on YouTube, and it was still there, I think, a year or two ago, and I think you can still find it. Look it up. It's called Chinese Professor. Chinese Professor. It's only about a minute or two. But, I mean, whoever created it, it was brilliant. And just like Marty says, you are being sold out. And you've heard me talk on Marty's show long ago, and we'll talk about it again tonight. The criminal New York banker, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in his inauguration speech in 1933, said, Today is a day of national consecration. The first words out of his mouth, his first words as president of the corporation. Today is a day of national consecration. The word, you cannot find it if you look at the written, the written record for that speech. It's not there. 
want to hear him say it, you can go to YouTube and actually listen to him say it because it's recorded and it's there. Now, why did they hide that little word, those several, you know, simple sentences? Well, in contract, what comes first takes priority over everything that comes after that. And national is not the America. National is the corporation. And what does consecration mean? It means simply that you're working for the church. You're consecrated the land. You're giving it to the church. And we've already gone into the Vatican banking and all that crap on other shows, and I don't have time for it tonight. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is a part of this. Again, you look at the deed. It does not call you an owner. It calls you a tenant. Now, I've been able to manipulate and fight these people because I know these things, and I sit there and say, uh, no, I'm the property owner, and I'm claiming it. Um, and I do so under the uh, pains and penalties of perjury, and it really irritates them and aggravates them, but they know it's unlocking. I have the right to private property, don't I? Well, not if you're a U.S. citizen slave. Now, if you don't know the contract that you signed, that you gave it away the minute you took possession of it. But again, that we don't have time for all that tonight, Marty. Um, I want to mention something, folks. And this is, again, important because we've been hit with fires this year that are through the roof. It's much worse than any years we've had in the past, to my knowledge. We've also been hit with all these uh, um, storms that have come through. And I'm going to throw something at you that you really need to take into consideration. This is what you would define as a fire and water. A fire and water action. Okay? It's a ritual. It is a ritual. Now, I want to read something real quick. So uh, give me a minute here. This came from... Uh, com Ritual of Fire. Ancient cultures have recognized the power of fire with prayer and reverence. Fire has the power to destroy our homes and the life-giving usefulness to cook our food. It is a force of destruction, creation, and purification. In Sanskrit, fire or agni is one of the five basic elements of creation and is the dominant element of the Aruvida Pita Dosha. Pita dosha is composed of mind and body that are made up of the two elements, fire and water. An out-of-balance or out-of-control fire element leads to mental and emotional issues such as anger, aggression, and rage. In balance, agony of fire represents enthusiasm and joy. Now tell me, ladies and gentlemen, do you think we have a lot of enthusiasm and joy right now? or perhaps a lot more of this thing we know as anger, aggression, and rage. Something to think about. Fire is a controversial force in the world as humans. A team of researchers analyzed the history and possible future of our ever-changing relationship with fire in an article published in the Journal of Biogeography. The article is entitled The Human Dimension of Fire Regimes on Earth. Wherever humans have gone in the world, they have carried fire with them, and humans evolved to eat cooked food. Okay, but anyway, 
When he, early humans discovered how to build fires, life became much easier as they huddled around fire for warmth, light, and protection. They used it to cook, which afforded them more calories than eating raw fruits that were hard to chew and digest. They could socialize into the night, which possibly gave rise to storytelling and other cultural traditions. Okay. Now, when you're looking at all of this thing that's taking place, you're not having any personal time with families anymore because, again, all this stress, all this confusion, all this insanity that you're experiencing. Everybody is being kept off balance. And, again, this is all by design. This is by design. They have lowered our frequencies to such a level that it's unbelievable. Fear is a very low frequency. Terror is a low frequency. Okay? You're not creative. You're not loving. You're not caring. You're not happy when you're in fear. Those are, of course, higher frequencies. This is, again, a war, ladies and gentlemen. This is a war. And when you're looking at everything that is taking place and how it is happening, none of it makes sense except for war. None of it. And when you have to take into consideration that being the only option, then you have to turn around and ask the question, well, who's declaring it? And why? What is the purpose behind it? Okay. Well, there's a lot of symbolism that takes place. And again, we've talked about this. If you look at Washington, the District of Criminals, you got symbolism all throughout that area, prevalent in so many ways. And you see it in words, you see it in language, you see it in the uh, propaganda minister's news. In the end, though, all of this is having a result that is changing us to the very core of who we are as a people. Everything is different now. Nothing is the same. Nothing. Okay? I've been telling you about the financial catastrophes. I've been telling you about the global economic reset. China, and I'm here to tell you something, folks. And I knew this 20 years ago. 20 years ago I knew this. China is the new superpower. America is fixing to become a third world country. Now, you don't have to like that statement, but you better recognize the truth in it. Wow, do I can I justify that? Very easy. Very easy. Who's got the gold? The Chinese. Who's got the manufacturing base? The Chinese. Who's got the resources? The Chinese. See, unlike the Americans who've been going in bombing countries and stealing resources, the Chinese haven't been doing that. They go in there and say, hey, y'all need roads built here. Y'all need, uh, you know, we got money. We'll exchange and we'll do this joint venture thing with you. So they've got access to all the resources. And you've already heard Marty and I talk about the fact that they basically, uh, here in America, are busy giving away a whole kit and caboodle. They're giving it all away. But is it, why are they giving it away? 
why are certain politicians paid off by the Chinese? And again, you're not supposed to be getting anything from any foreign enterprises, but we know all about the Clintons. You think it's only the Clintons that get that kind of cash? Oh, please. Please be a little bit more astute than that. Now, I'm actually going to borrow some stuff from uh, Gematria Effect News on YouTube. Gematria Effect News on YouTube. That gentleman um, talks a lot about uh, different issues, including a lot of sports games. Going to be using Gematria. And coincidentally, that's just how they magically work out. He talks about politics and how those things are going to work out. And again, based on this Gematria thing, words associated with numbers is not a new concept. It's a very, 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 very old one. Even the quote-unquote Bible acknowledges it. Okay? And, uh, you know, when they... Jewish, if you look at the Jewish words, they are very much interchangeable with numbers. Back and forth, back and forth. That's fact, ladies and gentlemen. That's not conjecture. That's not John's opinion. That's fact. The issue is this. Okay. You're looking at a lot of issues, one of them being the tarot cards. The tarot cards, again, are relevant. Now, I may or may not have talked about uh, the, the Illuminati card game, okay? The Illuminati card game, basically a different version of uh, the same kind of concepts. But if you, uh, every time they updated one of those uh, sets, different game with different cards in the game, I should say, it just magically seemed to have all the relevant things for the next, several years of what's taking place. You know, when I saw the big mouth and the uh, one just before Trump was elected, I said, yeah, that Trump's going to be president. It was obvious. Okay. But here's the thing, folks. You shouldn't even care about who's in the White House. This is all theater. It's all a distraction of the mind. Now, the things I'm going to talk about here come directly from him. Like I was talking, Gematria Effect News on YouTube. Okay. The number 20 tarot card is the Judgment card. This is year 2020. Hmm. Something to think about. All right. Well, who's the president? Trump, Pence. Um, Trumpet. Trumpet. Trump, Pence. Think about that for a minute. And they call it a trump card for a reason. We've heard that our whole life. I know I have. Okay. We've been told about Agenda 21. Okay. And coincidentally, in the tarot cards, 21 is the world card. Again, very interesting. And we're watching Agenda 21 coming into effect right now right now everything that needed to happen is happening to bring about exactly what they say pushing people into these doggone cities 
putting out all this wonderful land and turn it into absolute minimal or no quote unquote human and you know I hate the word human, hue man, hue of man, color of man, monster thing. But they don't want any of that. Because again, that gives people options. Hey, I can go out there and go fishing. I can go and relax and set up a hammock between a couple trees and relax. I can build a, uh, you know, little camp out there and have a good time. And maybe I'll even just build me a cabin. Hey, this is great. I don't have to go back to those busy, filthy cities. I don't know about you folks, but I wouldn't want to be living in Los Angeles and New York or some of these other really ate up places. But make no mistake, that's what they want from us because then they can control us. Completely control us. Okay. Now, here's another dirty little secret. Way back in January 10th of 2017, January 10th of 2017, at Georgetown University, we were told there was going to be a surprise outbreak and pandemic under Trump. Hmm, three years ago. And now it magically just happens. And, you know, the last time we did the show, we talked about the fact that, uh, you know, the $1,200 token payoff that they gave you for your submission. Um, I didn't get mine, of course. Uh, well, that bill was founded back in January of 2019. Uh, hmm. We've got, A, a bunch of psychics running the government, or B, a bunch of planners running the government. Now, which one of those two do you think it is? I don't know. Just thought I'd ask you. But again, it's all conspiracy theory. Event 201 was the same day the military war games took place in Wuhan, China. And remember what I've been telling you about symbolism. Okay, and again, this is still stuff that's coming from Gematria Effect News, so I want to give him credit for this. Okay. Um, now, the uh, one of the things that they're talking about, you've heard me talk about that all roads lead to Rome. And when we think about how the system has been set up and who the players are, I've had more than a couple conversations here about it. You know, the banking system has been set up by the Vatican. And uh, for those of you who do not know, the Jesuits were created as a uh, military arm for the Vatican. They are the military arm for the Vatican. And by the original reason was there was 95 issues that came up and uh, was the Protestant Reformation, basically. And there were 95 legitimate complaints against the Catholic Church. And this enterprise, criminal enterprise, I like to put it, was created to uh, battle against it. They called it the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus. Now, this enterprise is corrupt to its core, and uh, there seems to be, again, some correlations between that things that we see taking place 
and the Vatican and the uh, basically the uh, military order here. As far as the Jesuits are concerned, okay, August 15th, the fires were supposedly started by lightning strikes. And again, very, very, very strange lightning strikes. You can actually go and watch it, okay? Now, San Francisco is named after St. Francis of Assisi. The current Pope is also named after St. Francis of Assisi. And I'd also like to remind everybody that the current Pope is also the first Jesuit Pope. And even the Roman Catholics claim that the uh, this should be the quote-unquote last Pope. I don't know. Something to think about. Something to really think about. And uh, Ignatius Loyola was the founder of the Jesuits, Okay, going way back in the day. He closed off all of his letters with the following quote. Go forth and set the world on fire. Go forth and set the world on fire. To think about. Conspiracy? Maybe, maybe not. You know my opinion of it. Where there's a little smoke, there's probably a whole lot of fire. Oh, and just a little side note. Um, the little room that the uh, current Pope is uh, residing in there at the Vatican... It's room 201. Just thought you'd like that little bit of tidbit. All right. Getting back onto uh, my own material. Get away from him. But again, let me want to give him the credit. Um, Jamaica Effect News. With this warfare, you're seeing a brand new world being created. So the question now becomes, what do we do about it? Can we do anything about it? You've heard me talk about the fact that these people are basically unopposed. They've got some of us out here fighting them in the courts. They've got some of us out here fighting them on the radio. Fighting them on Facebook or all these other you know, search engines and stuff like that. But in the big picture, we're being censored. We're being silenced. We're being basically controlled. Some of those of us that are a lot more effective in what we do are being targeted deliberately. Marty is one of those individuals. I am one of those individuals. Several people that I know are in that group. But we're still standing up and we're still fighting. And as long as people have this mental problem, and it is a problem where I can't do anything, I'm just one man or one woman. I don't want to be targeted by these people. I don't want to be put on some list. Let me explain a few things to you folks. I can assure you, you're already on more lists than you could possibly ever count. And I can't tell you how many times I've said this on this show where I said, if I'm not on about 20 government watch lists, I'm failing miserably. Because here's the deal. You're going to die anyway. Now the question is, is it going to be from old age? Is it going to be from something that was caused by the actions of these people? 
Is it going to be from starvation? Is it going to be from war? Right now, all the writing on the wall says your death is probably not going to be natural. You need to think about that. You have this system that's been implemented, and it has declared war on you. And like you've heard me say on this show before, you may not want to be in this war, but you're in it anyway. They do not have mercy. They don't give a hoot about you. They want you dead. And if you need any further evidence than all the stuff that you're busy watching on the news, that isn't evidence enough for crying out loud, telling about you about it for decades in a certain place called Georgia Guidestones. 500 million people from a population of 7 plus billion you really think you're going to be one of those token slaves they're going to keep around? Mm-hmm. They fear us for a reason. Do they have armies? Yes. Do they have really cool weapons? Oh, yes. Do they have the ability to destroy countries? Yes. Cities? Yes. Your house? Yes. They do. But here's the thing. They can't fight us all. I keep telling you to solve this problem is so easy. So pathetically easy. It could be over with tomorrow. Stop consenting to the tyranny. The word no is the most powerful word in our language. But no is more than a word. It is an action. It is the refusal to go along with something that is immoral, unethical, murderous, evil. Yet here we stand day in and day out thinking, well, this time we're going to get our man or our woman in office and it'll be all better. I don't know how to break through your programming to break free from the mind control that they got over you because that's what it boils down to. It's all mind control. And you are being controlled so badly at levels you have no clue. And you can't see it because you have never thought about it. You don't know what it really is like to be free. I remember, I was a kid once. I remember what it was like to be free, to have no cares, no concerns, and life was wonderful. I laughed every day. I played every day. I wasn't stuck in front of a box taking in the propaganda. I was outside enjoying time with my friends and my family. But we're the last generation that that's happened. The newer generations are infatuated with their electronics. The newer generations have been enslaved at levels that we have no clue. The amount of propaganda that they've been forced to swallow dwarfs anything Marty and I grew up with. I saw the propaganda in some of my education. 
and it was really easy to dispel it. And yes, I even picked fights with my college professors, and I enjoyed it. Because they knew and I knew that people don't have to put up with their bull. Fascism is real, ladies and gentlemen. You want to know how Adolf Hitler came to power, other than the fact I told you it was financed by Americans, a.k.a. the Bush dynasty, and other European bankers, of course. You want to know who built Auschwitz? American corporations. Again, we don't want to talk about any of that. It was all Nazis. And you say, well, how did the Nazis get the power? The exact same way that Trump, Obama got the power. Bush got the power. Clinton got the power. Because the slaves rolled over. You are enslaved. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. You don't know what it's even like to be you anymore. You're somebody else's puppet. You dance to their tunes. You wear their masks. You bow down and worship. You go to the polls every couple of years and say, I'm doing my part. Yeah, you're doing your part to enslave your neighbors, declare war on your neighbors. But again, that's fine. Because you've been conditioned that that's what you're supposed to do. And I kind of get it. I was brainwashed like you once did. I was a good little soldier. Party line, I was a good conservative Republican. Hated Bush. See, that was one of the things. I could sit there and annoy both political parties. I was equal opportunity. I didn't care. I called them all out on their BS, and I do it still to this day. But here you all are all apologizing for them. Well, the one that really gets me is, trust the plan, trust the plan. Yeah, I trust the plan. It's working beautifully. By telling you that there's a plan, you sit there and sit there with your uh, finger in your mouth going, oh, goody, somebody else is going to take care of it so I don't have to. And they managed to keep you quiet for four years as they pillaged you. Trust their plan. Because obviously, they love you. <laughs> Yes, they do. They care so much about you. Wake up, please, Marty. You know, and that's it. This year, John, I've already decided this year for the first time in my adult life, I'm not voting. Um, I refuse to participate in this any further. And when we are faced with two fumbling old men, one of them doesn't know what day it is, and the other one is a pathological liar, a misogynist, amoral. Uh, And I'm told this is what I have to choose from. That's not a choice. That's not a choice. Being handed two duds is not a choice. (laughs) And... What you know what gets me, John, is listening to people who, on any given day, you can nail down two or three unconstitutional things Trump does.
plans to do whatever, and he can get right on the news and say what he plans to do. And yet these people that are still these diehard Trump supporters will stand there and swear all day long he never said it. He never said that. I, I, I don't even know what to think anymore. Sometimes, John, I wonder if we're spinning our wheels, if we're uh, if, if all of this is pointless, because I've never seen people hang so hard, cling to what is so obviously a fiction that and one that's going to cause them harm. And yet, it's, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a, you know, that lady that called into my, one of my other shows that one night, and she said in her best little baby doll, little girl baby voice, which irked the hell out of me, said, President Trump is the best president we've ever had in my entire lifetime. To which I responded, well, that just goes to show some people really born, were born just yesterday. Um, and this thing got mad and blew up. I said, oh, there you are. <laughs> and uh, But people hanging on to this man who has caused us so much damage and what's being offered on the other side is just a matter of good cop, bad cop. The plan is in place. We're not part of it. And they play us and they play us and they play us and people cling to this left-right thing and who loves God and who doesn't and who God loves and who he doesn't and who's a sinner and who's going to hell and who's going to heaven. And, and if it wasn't for us and our Bible and there's days, honestly, I just want to get up and start banging my head in the wall. Here we are. We are being set up to be taken apart. And they are well on their way. We are being set up to losing all of anything that bore any resemblance to freedom. Um, I believe this vaccine that they're rushing out there, number one purpose of it is to sterilize. I've seen too much coming up about that. But the tracking of all of us, this digital tattoo. And John, do you know anything about, I keep seeing reference in different reports and things about this nanogel and about it having a recombinant, nucleic acid of recombinant DNA. Um, do you know anything about that? It's supposed to make you be able to be interactive with machines over time. It won't happen overnight. But this thing has to replicate in your body. And um, they're talking about they're really afraid of this and um, this new form of transhumanism. But there, there's such a bigger agenda going on here. Uh, how people can't have caught on to that this COVID thing is is fiction. It, it's absolute fiction. And there is no virus. They can't identify a virus because one does not exist. And not on the level they're talking about. I, I, I guess what bothers well, well, me. Go ahead, well, well, uh, what bothers answer. me is people's willingness to go along with this, uh, to succumb, to immediately go to their knees and say, oh, save me, save me, get up. And when you've got hundreds of doctors and scientists coming out and saying this is a hoax, this isn't real. When the CDC comes out and said only 9,000 people or so actually tested positive. The rest of this was all inflated and padded and everything else, and yet turns around a week later and says we can expect 200,000 deaths from COVID. What? 
you just said, you know, less than 9,000 people out of the 160,000 you claim died from COVID actually had it. So what happened to these other 151,000 people that you threw in there? And now to say we're going to lose 200,000 people to COVID this, how can you even make such a prediction? Unless, of course, you're the one that's going to kill them. Um, I, I've never seen anything, and I am so tired of these weak-kneed, spineless, what used to be called proud Americans will buy into and collapse under. I am with the information that's available with doing research easily done on the net even with the censoring that anybody is buying into this crap at all that hasn't called out everybody from the president down for treason against the people of the United States. What is wrong with the people in this country? We had Tens of thousands of people in Berlin, in the street, protesting the lockdowns. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. was there and talking about avoiding this vaccine, which they have no intentions of taking over there. Um, The mask wearing, they're not wearing masks. Uh, We have idiotic things happening like up in Wisconsin. They passed a a law now that everybody has to wear a mask except politicians because apparently the virus won't affect politicians as near as I can tell. Of course, if you go into Walmart, it becomes glaringly apparent that the virus can tell directions and it knows to stay to the right of an aisle and it knows when it says do not enter this aisle, enter from the other end, it knows to do that. That's how smart this virus is. Honestly, this stuff has reached a level of idiocy that I honestly... I can't believe it. I just cannot believe it that people are buying into this. What's wrong with us? Oh, Marty. I got the laundry list (laughs) that requires a lot more uh, input that I just don't, we don't got time for tonight. Um, Yeah. You know, when you sit here and think about what you just got through saying, there's a movie out there called Idiocracy. Idiocracy, and it's a fascinating movie because it was basically mocking our society for what it is becoming, and I would encourage everybody to go out and look at it. Granted, you know, normally I don't encourage people to spend time watching anything, but that was a funny enough movie, and it makes enough of a point to make it so obvious that even the most dense of people should figure things out, Okay. But remember, these elections, they're all just theater for the masses, okay? It's divide and conquer. It's designed to keep people irritated with one another. You've got families fighting over, you know, some are going to vote for one candidate and some are going to vote for another. Oh, and I do have some good news for all of you people out there that are wondering who your next president is, okay? Your next president is going to be Kamala Harris, the vice president. I promise. You think so? I really think so. Oh. Seems that uh, the numbers are lining up in her favor. Okay, again, that's going back to uh, the uh, gentleman I was talking about earlier today. Um, but numbers seem to correlate to a lot of different actions that take place, and I don't have time or inclination, and I'm not an expert with regards to it. But 
think about something really good. Um, you know, back in the day, they said, it's the economy, stupid, and that's how Clinton got in. All right. Well, this current occupant of the White House, I don't care even with all the riots and BS that's taking place. I don't see him winning. I really don't. But you sit there and you look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden is incapable of being in the position for any reason whatsoever. Okay? So it would be a very natural transition for his vice president to be in the position. Make her the front runner even before the election because now what you've done is you've done several things. Hey, we finally got somebody that's not Joe Biden and not, you know, Trump. Huh. What do we talk about in all these elections and election year of presidents? There's always an October surprise of some kind. Right now we got people deciding who they're going to vote for based on who they hate less. You yeah, don't have anybody debate. You don't have anybody sitting there and they're debating about policy. Okay? You don't. You have the president of the corporation sitting there mandating that his army that he controls is going to make sure that that vaccine gets distributed. Hmm. I don't know. It sounded like a threat to me. And uh, whether or not whether or not that happens, you know, I think some of it's going to be, and I've talked about this with Tyler on the other show here on Blog Talk Radio, but in the beginning, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to just literally run up there and want to take it. You know that to be a fact. And, Marty, I agree with you. The vaccinations are going to make a lot of people infertile. We know that based on historical standards in the past with regards to Bill Gates and his uh, crap that he's done overseas. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, we also we also know that uh, these vaccines are carcinogenic. We know that because coincidentally now all of these kids that are getting you know all these really strange um, car cancers. Well, where did it come from? Well, it seems mm-hmm. that uh, they've been getting injected since day one. All right. And, it, yeah, these vaccines that we're talking about now, they're designed to change your genetics. And we've already talked about that on this show. We've explained that once he's changed your DNA with his little BS, well, now you're his property. He's twisted your DNA. He's made it different. And this was just, you know, this was issues even before Bill Gates, but he's taking it to a brand new level. Just like Marty said a minute ago. And you've heard me talk about the fact that they want to turn you into a walking and talking cryptocurrency. Patent he's got also. But what Marty's talking about is a patent that says, okay, it's going to go in there and it's going to change around your DNA so that they can use their little electronics and do things to, quote-unquote, help you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I shared a video earlier today on the board because that's the direction they're taking this. They want you to be a part of the, quote-unquote, group in every sense of the word. What a Borg, unthinking drones. 
What are we as a general population even now? I'm thinking drones. It's no coincidence that, you know, they consider us to be the walking dead. Most people don't know who they are. Nobody realizes the true power that they have just through the simple ability of saying no. I mean, I've been a walking and talking example of saying no now for years. Now, has it been aggravating? Oh, yes. But it's been an awful aggravation for them, too. Because now they've got to answer to me. And they don't like that because they can't. They can't. Everything these people are doing is a violation of your rights. I don't want to hear the word constitution in front of that word. I don't want to hear a word like um, civil. The only word I want to see in front of the word rights is unalienable. That's it. Your unalienable rights have been plundered, pillaged, stolen, and handed over to them free of charge. And you bow down and you kiss them on their feet. You thank them for being such merciful owners. Even as they sit there and abuse you, throw you in cages for victimless crimes and contract violations that you didn't even know you were party to. But hey, it's okay. Because you've been told that this thing called authority is legitimate. Authority is not legitimate when it is used for violence, it is used to exploit, it is used to steal, it is used to murder. That's not legitimate, ladies and gentlemen, at all. Not in the slightest bit. See, here's the thing that we forget. We can come together and live in peace We can love one another. We can agree to disagree on simple things. But why do we fear this thing called government? Because it has overreached itself and is engrossing itself into every little facet of our lives. It is a real threat. And just because you think the other guy's guy is less threatening than your guy's guy doesn't change anything. They're both threats. The two wings on the same damn bird, and the slaves consent. What happens when the slaves stop consenting? The masters can bark their orders, scream and holler, and try to, you know, kick their dogs with the costumes, badges, and guns into protecting them and bring the slaves back in line because they're getting a little bit too uppity. Why do you think they have these wars all the time? It's not a way of culling the herd. That's all it is. You have to see the big picture. You have to look outside the box. You have to think differently because more of the same changes nothing. The radical change is going to happen in 2021. It's going 
to happen in 2021. The question is, what radical change is it going to be? Is it going to be the bankers win yet again? The slaves are completely enslaved? The world is completely under subjugation? Or is it going to be a global enlightenment where, where the people say no? And start prosecuting politicians, bankers, attorneys, clerks masquerading as judges, and then executing them for the multitude of war crimes. Every court case I file has 132 felonies committed every single day by agents of government. If you or I do one or two of those felonies, we go to jail for 20 years. We do five or six felonies, we go to jail for life. But if these criminals commit 132 felonies every single day, it's okay. Because there are owners, there are masters, and there are government. And you wonder why America is burning. People are suffering. People are unemployed. People are being murdered. And people are dying. The Vatican banking profits. I don't wonder anymore. Back to you, Marty. I just, um, like I say, it gets back to me, John, of what's happened to us as a civilization, as a society, as a country. Do you remember when uh, George Bush, Lord, I despise that man, but anyway, stood up and said, uh, we we were thinking wrong about the United States. It wasn't a place. The United States wasn't a place. It was an idea. That's all it was. And, you know, I keep telling people when the president is speaking, if he refers himself, you saw this majorly in the Bush administration as they broke one law after another. When he was speaking as the chief executive of the corporation, he referred to himself as as your chief executive. He's telling you he's speaking for the corporation. When he was speaking constitutionally and as president it was as your president telling you very plainly in what capacity they were addressing you and that that we allow these things to go on that I just John I am just absolutely speechless all these years out here preaching talking and, and so many so many others and yet, the bulk of the population sits there and goes, oh, you conspiracy theorists. And like you say, there's a difference between being a theorist and an analyst. And, uh, But if you're telling them something they don't want to hear because it requires them to do some thinking and some research and alter their perception of something, it's fake news. And... If you continue on and you keep submitting information to them with documentation saying, look at this, you're being divisive, which, by the way, for all you arrogant asses out there that pronounce the word divisive, it's divisive. 
I know divisive sounds very sophisticated, but it's phony as hell. Stop it. The word is divisive. But we have a government predicated on division, keeping us divided, fighting amongst ourselves over people who don't give a damn about us. And I keep telling people when they talk about homeland security, national security, they're not talking about you. No, no, no. They're talking about protecting themselves from you. Every law that has come out that was supposedly about terrorism is aimed squarely at the American public. Terrorists from other places don't give a damn what laws we pass. So either terrorists. But I always thought that was funny after the Patriot Act. I was screaming about that one. And one one gentleman wrote me in, and I call him that loosely, and he said, um, it was meant to protect us from terrorists and and you don't want it because you're a leftist and you went ah shut up so i wrote back and told him i said i'll tell you what you do the next time you see a terrorist you run out and wave the patriot act at him and see if it scares him off i don't believe it will but give it a shot everything in that bill that talked and spoke of terrorism was a direct volley on our constitutional rights and against our own freedom. And it was the government plainly stating that we were the enemy they feared. And what they fear is our vast numbers. And you can't lie to people but so much and disrupt their lives and screw with them and think eventually somebody's going to get mad and they're going to retaliate. So now we have TSA and we have national police and militarized militarized local police and we got the FBI the CIA and 17 other spy agencies all of it directed at us not foreign terrorists they couldn't find a terrorist if one of them was standing in front of their office waving a big sign saying hi i'm a terrorist um they're too busy they're too focused on us and everything that is happening um, you have to weigh out methods of operation. We could do like Hitler and just open fire, make a big bloody mess. That'll upset everybody. Or we could do it the way we're doing it. We can starve people. We can medicate them to death. We can vaccinate them to death. Uh, we can invent fake viruses and withhold medical treatment to people who need it and then say, oh, they died of the virus. We have any number of ways to do it, but what they're looking for is the way to cull the population without firing a shot or anyone being able to point at them and say, you did this. It was it was nature. It's just something that happened. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. In 2018, swabs for COVID were being shipped all over the world. How do you account for that? We shipped 700,000 swabs to England and somebody before they used them because they locked down for two weeks and said, oh, screw this, and opened back up. Well, that wasn't supposed to happen. So because we're such good people, we shipped them 700,000 swabs, and somebody thought, "Eh, wait a minute, and they started testing them. They're all contaminated with this virus. Last year's flu vaccine, four strains of coronavirus, one that causes this terrible Pneumonia. 
what part of this aren't you getting, people? And now they're going to come out with a flu vaccine that they will openly admit might not prevent you from getting the flu, but it's it, maybe it won't be as bad. Well, if I can still get it, why am I taking a vaccine? This doesn't make sense. What they're going to do with this vaccine is unspeakable. This isn't about helping you or herd immunity or anything else. This is a weapon. This is no different than somebody standing there holding a gun and firing at you. But at least in that situation, you'd try to duck and run. With the vaccine, as John said, many of you are going to be lining up to get it. Woe be to you. That's not going to happen. I will not. I had a conversation here recently with some of my family members, and I said they start rounding people up, which I suspect they will if we refuse this vaccine. I'm not going. They're going to have to drop me right here. I'm not going. And I was surprised that people sit there and look around, and a couple of them go, well, I'd go, you know, I don't want to die. And the other one's like, I'd rather be dead. And that's kind of the way I feel. I'd rather be dead than to allow this to go any further and not say anything. Um, you can call me names. You can call John names and, and uh, you know, marginalize us and ridicule us and everything else. But you know what they say, he who laughs last gets the best laugh. And that's the position I'm in. While you went along with everything, swallowed all this stuff, attacked anybody who didn't agree with you, sometimes even physically, while you made no preparations for surviving anything, you know, you think about that. You think about that. John, we've got just a couple minutes here. Uh, Did you have any closing thoughts? Uh, This is a quote from Sitting Bull. Warriors are not what you think of as warriors. The warrior is not someone who fights, for no one has a right to take another life. The warrior, for us, is the one who sacrifices himself for the good of others. His task is to take care of the elderly, the defenseless, those who cannot provide for themselves, and above all, Mm -hmm. the children, the future of humanity. Yes. Now, I will twist that just slightly because uh, obviously I'm not going to sit there and roll over. You ladies and gentlemen have the right to defend yourself just as Sitting Bull did. And he did. But he didn't go out of his way to go to war. The war came to him. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in this war. I still think it can be won peacefully. I pointed again and again and again to the Battle of Athens. The Battle of Athens, Tennessee, 1946. But your window is all but closed. This is the last round. There is nothing being hidden anymore. There are no secrets. There's nothing coming out of left field. They put it all in your face. They're telling you what they're going to do to you because they're busy doing it to you. You have the right to roll over. You have the right to lick boots. You have the right to line up and get shot. Whether that is in the form of a bullet or whether that is in the form of a uh, <clears throat> quote-unquote vaccine. Again, 
we'll wait and see which one comes first. Yes. But you also have the right to say no. Everybody has an eventual line. But here's where I'm going to just remind you folks. Marty, me, we've lived our lives. Things have been, shall we say, interesting for us. But, you know, we had our good times too. But our young people are not getting all of these benefits that we grew up with. No. I am not going to go to my grave saying I didn't do everything in my power to keep my kids, my young people, from having to deal with this garbage. We're the ones that need to protect them because the future generation is the future. And if there's anything I despise, it's cowards who appease tyrants. That's all I was thinking about, Marty. Wow. Well, we're down to the end of time here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we'll be back next Monday night. Uh, Everybody have a good evening, and again, thanks for listening.